VoiceOver describes what's happening on your iPhone screen. VoiceOver on settings. So you can navigate it just by listening. Books, contacts, calendar, double tap to open. Breakfast with Anna from 10 to 11. And get on with your day. Accessibility. There's more to iPhone. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome to The Times. To find out more, head to thetimes.co.uk. Every goal, every game, everywhere. The Times and the Sunday Times, now with goals. Hello and welcome to the game, the one and only football podcast from the Times. That's right, there are no other football podcasts from the Times. There's a politics podcast uh, to which I hope to be invited on one day. So um, what you can do, if you like, is you can sign the petition just after you've signed the petition uh, to uh, save Jeremy Clarkson's job, if you're so inclined. I am joined by the excellent Alison Rudd, Clive Petty, the very talented Clive Petty, and Rory Smith. Coming up on the show today, we don't need a debate because there are three big Premier League games to talk about, and we start at Turf Moor. Trippier and Jones stand over the free kick. It's Trippier who takes it. Away by company. Boyd! Lift off for Burnley. What a sweetly struck shot. And Manchester City are in real trouble. Why do we experience this ennui when we see City play? What happened? I don't know. It, it, it's just what happens whenever... They should stop winning the title, isn't it? Is it the, every time they win the title, the next season, it's just... They just... they just. It's as if, well, we've done it now. Um, we've proved we can do it. Why bother? Let, you know, they just... They look like a team with no real ambition. I don't know whether they're actually thinking that... Uh, all their thoughts had gone towards Barcelona on Wednesday night. It certainly looked that way, and I'm not quite sure. Surely, I just think the, it's an easier task to stay in the title race than go to so. Barcelona. As our excellent colleague James Ducker writes this morning, when this happened under Mancini, the theory was, oh, Mancini's too, too dict- dictatorial, he's too authoritarian, too brutalist, and the players don't like it. So they go in and do the sensible thing and get the exact opposite. They get Pellegrini, who's kind of avuncular and quite a nice bloke and all that. And he's an arm around the shoulder, a carrot rather than a stick. And then now it's that's, it's not working again. They, yet again, they failed to kind of pass the ultimate test for a team, which is not just to win the title, but then to retain the title and kind of establish a dynasty. And because there is no other explanation for it, they've not suddenly become bad players. There's not loads of injuries. You kind of wonder whether it ha- whether it has to be something to do with the kind of the chemistry of the squad. Well, what, what strikes me now, though, is and. Yeah, you, I, the parallel with Mancini, I think, only work only goes so far for, for the reasons you outlined. But I look at this, and obviously there's the suggestions that you know they're going to move on from Pellegrini. But I'm wondering is if you do move on, I think you're kind of limited in what you can do because I did the sum somewhere, uh, but something like 17 of the 21 most frequently used um, City players this year 
will be 28 or older when the season begins. Now, they're not old because they're all sort of in that 28 to 32 um, age range, but this is a team built to win now. Mm. And you, you're not going to be able to raise money to overhaul the squad by selling them unless you sell Aguero or Silva because the other guys are kind of difficult to sell because they're all on huge wages. And, um, I mean, I think Aguero is really the only one who could fetch you sort of that 50 million pounds, which you could then reinvest. But I then there's a market for yeah, I possibly silver, but, yeah, but you know, to some degree. But, but 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 that's what makes it so difficult. So if they do make a change, they kind of have to do it with this group of players and try to win now mm. rather than try to build something a year or two down the line because they're all going to get old at once. At some point, they have to build something down the line. I mean, but it's you, weird. You, you seem to be um, advocating complete short-termism, girl. But you kind of have to because this is kind of... And, and I wonder if maybe this is a choice that... You know, you you throw at Bagiristein, right? Because or or whoever built the squad, because it's age-wise. There's um, there's these guys that call Twenty First Club. There's a guy named I don't know, Omar Chowdhury or something. You're nodding, like you know him. Yeah, okay, well, I'm, I'm aware of him. Yeah. But basically, they're they're analytics people, and they kind of tell you what the best balance is age-wise in your squad. And it's obvious that they, you know they would look at, at City and they would freak out because it's very unusual to have a squad with so few young players and so few veterans and, and so, so many guys locked into, you know, big contract. Even Demichelis is another year after this one. So you're very most of these guys will necessarily be back next year. And and, and I think in that situation, maybe you should try to, you, you, you kind of have to try to win now with Pellegrini because it's a re, otherwise you, you really go into a very long rebuilding process if you bring in somebody else. And their buy thing as well kind of failed. I mean, when they have bought in people, like as you say, they spent a lot of money on a centre-back who's not anywhere near that team at the moment and is being kept out by said Dimichelis, who yesterday, or yesterday, well, Saturday, I should say, looked like the Dimichelis had turned up first, first time out and you wonder what's going on there too because he looked quite solid at some point and perhaps he's fallen under the same sort of malaise as company has at the moment. And I think, that again, that's half the problem, that those those people they kind of rely on aren't rocking up or coming up to the plate and so the ones underneath them have got you know there's no there's nothing to, to haul them up to that kind of level at the moment and that that's got to be kind of worrying isn't it I mean well they're kind of in that situation where all all teams who want to have success immediately and who set that up as their I mean obviously all teams want success immediately but those you know the Chelsea's the Man City's the teams who say right we are going to win now PSG and I'm trying not to use the term new money but there is an, an element of that um, they have that that problem no but that's there's a factor isn't it you get a rich person who comes in and buys a club they want to win immediately so yeah. they go out and buy Ibrahimovic and Cavani and Lovetsy and they say right go on win the Champions League and that's kind of how how it works but all those teams have a problem which is that at some point you do have to think it's very hard to think long term and short term at the same time but I, I think maybe one difference with PSG is that you know they have guys like Marquinhos and, and, and Verratti and Rabiot who, who are all Quite young, yeah. Uh, Lucas and Mora. Chelsea as well have got Hazard and Austria. Austria uh, yeah, Marino I mean, Chelsea have been winning for ten years, which is slightly different. Yeah. But, um, but, 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 City, it's just a very unusual spread but of, of of players age wise. And what, for me, I, I would sit down with Pellegrini at the end of the season and say, like, hey, can you, can you, what went wrong? Can you fix this? You know, we can make one big signing, two big signings, and otherwise, you're going to have to to work with these guys and, and can you win with them and I would expect him to say if he, if he seems motivated and he says yes then then you give it another year 
um, because otherwise you could enter a cycle where because you're lim- you can't spend your way out of this. The, this academy that they spent all this money on, you know, this season they've had two academy products who who played in in the first team in the league this season. Okay. Uh, this is after building the state-of-the-art bazillion-dollar academy. They got the fancy scouts in from goodness knows where. The two guys are, one is Dedrick Boyata, who, you know, is clearly just there to fulfill a homegrown player requirement. And in any case, he came through the academy before the, they built the academy. And the other one is Jose Pozo, who they signed from Real Madrid when he was, what, 16, 17 years old. But it's kind of absurd. There's nobody else knocking on the door or, or getting any kind of playing time. But it doesn't matter what... They built the academy last year. It doesn't matter what the academy looks like in terms of getting players into the first team in this short term. That's an investment that will pay off in five, ten years. Not now. Okay, but these guys bought the club in 2009, right? Yeah, and they've not done it... I think they, they so probably they would admit sitting? that they... In their, in their light, in their prime, more private moments, they probably would admit they've not done enough on, on youth development. Well, I haven't spent many private moments with Haldun, let alone... Very few people do, but you. I think they probably... I think they probably would acknowledge, and I think if you look at the building of the City Football Academy, that probably is an acknowledgement that that is the next stage of the development. But the problem is bridging those two eras, that era where you spend loads of money on players to win now, on Yaya Torre and, and what have you, and then the kind of let's try and build a team for five or six years' time. That's the problem they've got. The remarkable thing about Burnley, for those who don't know, is obviously they get promoted, they decide to spend no money whatsoever really on the team. I think their their highest paid player makes less than half what um, City's lowest paid player makes and they kind of got into it and you kind of and it's not just that they're overmatched when they play City they're, they're overmatched in terms of wages and resources when they play you know their peers Leicester and Hull and QPR and whatever else really badly overmatched and yet it works do we heap praise on Sean Dyche as a result or is there a is there a broader message a broader secret to this yeah, we do heat praise because he he was he. There were lots of jokes about him because most of his uh, press conferences were the same. And I think the secret, if they do stay up, which they might, is that he believe a he believes what he's saying, and I think he's made sure all the players believe it. There's no point wallowing in self pity and saying, oh, you know, we don't have the resources. What you have to do is say, look, okay, we accept it, we accept it, we know it's different, but we can we can now ignore it because we know it's the truth and just play our brand of football and keep optimistic and it's it's a bit fairy tale like but it looks like it might just work well what i find remarkable um uh, about this guy is that his entire squad is made made up of of english speaking players i think he's got one dude from like somewhere in scandinavia who presumably speaks english as well who never plays and the rest they're all british and irish which not that there's anything wrong with being British or Irish, but um, certainly in the global marketplace, if you are, even if you, especially if you have limited resources, you can generally, you know, if you cast the net wider, you can generally pick up bargains, and that's very unlike everybody else. When he had a guy like he, they had uh, Nathaniel uh, Chaloba. Chaloba from from Chelsea on loan, <laughs> this dude never played, and I don't know if it was because I, I I don't know why. I presumably, I mean, I assume he speaks English, um, and. It was almost as if, like, you know, this guy kind of disrupts our working class ethos. And I think Daichi even said, like, I want to reward the guys who got us here. But I, I, I've just been struck by the guy because he he obviously affects a certain look, right? He even referred to himself as a ginger skinhead. Um, he looks like a policeman. 
Uh, yeah, and like some, some like walking stereotype, like like the policeman from like, like who should be the partner of the guy from With Male and I who says get in the back of the van, right? You know, except with a different voice. I, I don't know. Get in the back of the van. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Mane, Wanyama, back for Sadio Mane, who's gone to ground. And it's a penalty. Dusan Tadic scores just. But Southampton are back on level terms at 1 1. This is where Mourinho could have uh, dealt perhaps a, a knockout blow of some kind or close to knockout blow. But of course, they drop two points because they draw with Southampton and, and they give away a lead as well. And they haven't won at Stamford Bridge in the league, I think, in more than a month. Um, Clive, does any of this matter? Is there a. Is this a hangover from getting knocked out? Are they tired? Is something something a little bit wrong? Well, someone told me the other day, actually, in their last kind of 16 games in all competitions, they've, they've scored first in their last 16 games in all competitions, but only won half of them. Um, I'm not sure how, what you mean is that really, but they, they do seem to be a bit disrupted at the moment by the current spate of, say, suspensions and injuries to people, to, to kind of important people. Such as uh, Matic and Costa hasn't kind of, re- I know he scored at the weekend, but he's, he's still not quite looking the same kind of guy. And so certainly Matic isn't. And Fabregas just seems to be, I don't know, almost zombieish at the moment. The fact that they're in this condition and playing like this in 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 March, in other words, not playing very well, showing wear and tear, surely that wasn't part of Mourinho's plan. What went wrong? Um. I think we've probably mentioned it before on this very podcast, but he keeps a very uh, small squad. He doesn't like rotation. This this is going to... I think we probably predicted in December it would come back to bite him around Easter time. It's just come a bit early. It's just you can't... You can't fight on all fronts, which he was until quite recently, with such a small squad. You just can't, especially with certain players who, who we all know of this label of, of drifting out during the season, Oscar. like Oscar, for example... You know, I, I know that when we speak to Mourinho, we have to ask him questions about the referee or, or, or follow whatever he wants to say and so on, because it's all Joe say. But I'd love for me to ask him, like, you know, you, you've operated differently these last two years at Chelsea. You know, why? Did, did, did you, you know, is it a different approach? Is it this group of players, you know, uh, and so on? I, I think it's very interesting. I mean, it's one of those things, obviously, has pros and cons, but I'd love to hear, I, I'd love people to ask him, like, proper questions and him to be in the mood to give proper answers that, because that, when he does he's very good that's the issue with Jose that often he's not in the mood to give proper answers and he doesn't want to and this isn't again judgmental particularly but he he kind of says what he wants to say he has the message that he wants out and if you ask if you go in with an issue like most journalists will go to a press conference with an issue in mind that they want to talk to the manager about and if you go to Jose and you say Jose I'm really interested in your use of your squad and you know, you obviously you, you rotated more at Real and at Inter than you, than you are doing now. Why, why is that? What you know? What's what's decided that? He will give you a one word, one sentence answer, and then look at you like you're a moron. And then he will <laughs> say what he wants to say anyway. And that will be so often outrageous and sort of incendiary that you have to use that anyway. So it was his big thing at the start of the season. There were several press conferences at the beginning of the season when the transfer market was still open. And he really emphasised that his priority, his absolute priority, was to make sure his squad was not meandering all over the place, that he wanted to keep it tight and small. So he had... This isn't an accident. It was something he, he felt was important. And it, wor- it, it worked well. Got yeah, them off to a flying start. And now it's proving that there's a downside. Um, 
I think one other factor has been Nemanja Matic. I mean, Clive, you touched upon it as well, but he was outstanding for the first part of the season. Then he gets himself suspended, and he's back, and he's not fully fit. Is is, is he struggling? I mean, is, is there been a drop off in in Matic as well? Is that something that should be worrying? It's always hard to tell, isn't it? It's hard to tell whether it is the drop off in Matic or is the drop off that that Fabregas, who's who's tanked completely in the second half of the season, is it that he's struggling a bit more? So Matic is having to do more work. He's more exposed, and that puts him in more dangerous situations. It's hard to tell what the what the symptom and what the cause is. Anybody want to argue that Southampton still have a shot at the top four? No. Of course, they have a shot. Yes. All right. Who's got more of a shot, Southampton or Spurs? Uh, Southampton. They're they're more consistent in, in their in what in their output. They you know they they defensively look solid. They, you know, occasionally a wonder. There have been a series of wonder goals that have breached them, but on the whole, they look incredibly solid. Whereas Spurs, they go up and down, and it's just very unpredictable. It's a fair point, actually. That just they did have Coutinho and Shelby in the space of about like four days. Yeah. <laughs> And that is a bit harsh. I had a bunch of games when they were quite unlucky earlier mm. in the year, like the, the the first game against United and, and whatever else. Yeah. I don't honestly. I know. I know. I do bow down to the god that is Ronald, but I just can't think of a game uh, in which Southampton's defence have looked appalling. Does Koeman have a case for manager of the year? I mean, I know everybody's saying like, <laughs> of course he does. It's going to be Dyche if they stay up, right? You would assume. But does Koeman have a? Have a shot? Would he be your choice over over the gravelly voice? Well, let's see. Let's see. If he finishes top four, that is the story of the season, and of course, he's manager of the season without doubt. Even if Dyche stays up. Yeah, it's still Southampton. Southampton gets in the Champions League. Given what they went through in the summer, it's not the story of the season. It's the story of football, of all football of all time since the Bible. (laughs) Of all time. It's the greatest story so ever told. It's the, it's the reason that Alison mentioned the Bible, obviously, there was that great season when Nazareth FC made the Champions League. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, that's a shocking mistake by Benderleb, typical of what we've seen, really. And Rooney, he's got past Dyer and scores. It's 3 0. The knockout blow supplied by Wayne Rooney. Tottenham really on the ropes now. Right, moving on to United and Spurs. This was probably. United's best performance of the season, the one where we finally see the Van Hal vision, and might I add, not coincidentally, we see the 4-3-3, which is where Van Hal certainly has done his best work. You do have to ask whether were United that great and they made Spurs look that bad, or were Spurs that bad and they made United look that great? It's hard to know which one which one of the two it is. They, Spurs were complicit in their own demise. They melted away in front of in front of. I mean, it was a great finish from Rooney, but there's no way he should have got through. It was, it was not like with it. It was like a, a sort of snake-hipped, jinking run. He just he he ran in a straight line, and the defenders all sort of fell out of his way, like the, to keep to maintain the biblical theme, like the parting of the Red Sea. They were the four-three-three, and he finally found this formation. But I mean, they didn't have to do anything. I mean, Harry Kane still managed to run around and do quite a lot but he, because he had to he was making tackles and winning the ball to set things up in there because he was getting absolute it was the easiest day that back four will have for, for some time and, and I, mean, I think I saw somewhere that you know all Smalling and Jones they looked like they could be a, you know I thought well they had nothing to do because the people they were meant to be keeping out of the game were being kept out of the game by their own teammates because they just there was no service yet. Right, so there's no conclusions shocking. to be drawn about United here. Because I, I was looking at it, and it's funny, because you know how I often in England there's an obsession on, on pace, and you need pace, and every defender fears pace, and running in behind, and all these nonsensical things that people sometimes say. But I look at it, this is possibly, like if you had to assemble a slower 11, 
Van Hal, he probably struck. I mean, lots of talent there, but you know, other than the than Young and the central defenders, and maybe Valencia, there's nobody you would describe as particularly. Yeah, but even even Young isn't. Yeah, no, he's he's, not, he's, he's fast, but he's not. He's not kind of relative relative yeah. to to Tomata yeah. and Rooney yeah. and Carrick and Fellaini and Ander Herrera <laughs> and Dali Blint. They move the ball a bit quicker. Yesterday. They move, they're, 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 they're quick the thinking yeah. and, and they're skillful players. That's what they're, that was the thing I sort of noticed yesterday. They did they did kind of move the ball quicker and with a more sort of forward intent than they had done in, in the last couple of games I'd, I'd seen them. Whether that was, as you say, Matter finally came back in and you know, maybe enjoyed his return to the team, I don't know. But yeah, yeah, yeah they didn't rely on getting in behind. They just moved the ball a lot quicker than they had done, I guess. But is it, could this be a... A blueprint for maybe I mean obviously you know you'll work starters back in Rahul well, presumably they'll come back in and I don't know that Dali Blint can play left back in the Premier League given that the number of extremely quick wingers there are out there although it looked like and Ross Townsend didn't, didn't create any trouble for him whatsoever but could this be more of a of, 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 of perhaps a blueprint in terms of shape and in terms of the, the types of players? Yeah, they look a lot. They look a lot better in the. Form- as you're listening to me, Daisy, Apple's iPhone disassembly robot, is dismantling an iPhone into lots of recyclable parts. That's how Apple recovers more materials than conventional recycling methods. Thanks, Daisy. There's more to iPhone. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 3-3, and one of, the, one of the weirdest things about the season is how long it's taken Van Gaal to work out that certain systems don't work. <laughs> Especially the system that he's used for like the first 15 years yeah. of his life. That he seems to have, have given... Was it Oli who wrote it? I can't remember if it was Oli who wrote it or somebody else. That he's given, he's given every every system that whether it's three four one two, three four two one, four three three, four four two, the diamond or whatever. He's given each of them like four or five games when it's been pretty obvious. All right, fine, you can say one game might be a, an exception. You you might want to try it for longer. But he spent the entire season looking at these systems that everyone else can see aren't aren't working and thinking after ages. And this is one of the best coaches of the last twenty years. After eventually thinking. Maybe this isn't working, I'll try something else. And they've had this 4-3-3 system that whenever they've used it, they've looked better than anything else. But he seems to have been reluctant to try it. And I find that odd. We should mention Marlon Fellaini, Alison, because this is a guy who um, had Rory's mate, Rafa, managed to not screw it up royally against Atlantic Bilbao and had he not had a boo-boo on his foot back in August, he wouldn't even be here. He would have gone to, to Napoli on loan. And now suddenly he's one of, he's arguably United's best player, Against uh, against Tottenham and uh, is having a, a big big impact. I know I I'm always struck when you see players who you know they come they disappoint and then they come back. It's, it is kind of a feel good story, right? Does he have a future at United? Is he somebody Fun House should be 
building around yeah, no, next he's season. Been, he's been useful almost all season for him, whether he's come off the bench or just just been there as a as a possibility. And um, finally, Van Hal seems to be trusting him more, embracing him more. There was a feeling earlier in the season that that you were sac- that Van Hal was sacrificing too much by bringing Fellaini on. That he was sacrificing um, discipline and shape and that he was some sort of, um, uh, you know, he'd go off and do his own thing and uh, be a bit unpredictable. But they're all the, <laughs> they're all the things that opponents really hate as well. You know, when he, if you, if you, if you, I think it's a sort of player. If you put faith in him, he can, he can terrorise. And I don't really see why any manager should be um, cautious about unleashing a player who can terrorise. He, he. He, he, I hate the word unplayable. I'm th- trying to think of another one. But I mean, Spurs just didn't seem to know what to do about him. Well, what I liked about this is it almost seems like you you have a platform around him, right? You've got obviously Herrera and Carrick who can pass and move, and maybe going forward you put Blint for for for, for Carrick and Rojo at left back or or whatever, or Shaw or put Rojo in centre defence or whatever. And then in front of him you've got Mata and Young wide. Who, who provide outlets and, and creativity. And again, and if you want to mix it up, you put Di Maria when, when he's available again and, and, and maybe Yanazai. And then you've got Rooney who can finish. And while Van Persie's out and Falcao's star-crossed, why not? I mean, this looks to me like a like there's, there's, it's a rational system. It yeah. gets your best players onto the pitch when, when they're available. In roughly, right, in roughly the right <laughs> positions. In <laughs> the yeah. right positions. Um, you know, well, well done, Louis. You know, we, yeah. we got there in the end. Yeah, we did, and I, in, the, the only reason I think that there's any reason to be slightly cautious about saying oh, United are back is because it is one game. They've got a really tough run coming up. They have and he'll played... change to some weirdo formation next week. Well, we'll get more Tyler Blackett and center forward. You would hope not, but he's done some weird stuff this season, Van Gaal. So you can't rule it out. And look, I, I think the other thing is that there have been times this season against Newcastle, against UPR, when when United have played well, and you've assumed right, this is this is it now. They, they've found their way, and they haven't. And I. I remember in 1994, I think, Liverpool went to Swindon. After Liverpool had been terrible for three years, they went to Swindon and they, they, they won 5-0 at the start of the season. And it was on the news, the actual BBC News, <laughs> saying um, Liverpool are back. And Liverpool weren't back. It was just a flash in the pan. And this season there has been Wasn't this... Wasn't that because Graham Souness was in charge? I can't remember I, I can't remember the exact... It was whatever year Swindon won the Premier League. But Liverpool won 5-0 at the county ground. And there has been... The same process at play with United this season. I remember watching Match of the Day earlier this season. I think Jonathan Pearce said they went one 0 up against someone, and Jonathan Pearce said, "Well, the floodgates will be open now." And you think, why will they be open now? You wouldn't say that about Chelsea or Man City. You'd say they need a second to make it comfortable. <laughs> with United, it, it was the floodgates will be open now. As soon as they went two 0 up against Spurs, who we didn't know at that stage would be terrible throughout the game. Clive knew. Martin Martin Tyler said they'll be thinking they can catch Manchester City. And that's fine, they are only two points behind with the win. But this is a Man United who were introed into the game by Sky, saying Louis van Gaal needs a result and he needs a performance. They, don't, they scored two goals in half an hour and suddenly you're saying they're going to catch Man City and finish second. We just need to, we've seen enough this season of Man United to know that there is work to be done. Just as they've won one game, it's a little bit knee-jerk to start saying, oh, this is it, this is the solution. That was a party I, political broadcast on behalf of the False Dawn Party. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I was being at False Dawn's, um, actually, nothing to do with False Dawn's. This Wayne Rooney story, I... What's that got to do with False Dawn's? I just said it. has nothing to do with False Dawn's. Um, for those who don't know, 
uh, this is, I think it was after was it after the Swansea game, uh, Wayne Rooney had some friends over to his house. I would hope they're his friends. One of them being uh, Phil Bardsley, he of the uh, photograph with the cash in the casino lying on the ground. And um, they decided, as you do, to put on some boxing gloves and spar in the kitchen. And uh, it was videoed by by somebody. And um, Bardsley catches Wayne Rooney and basically lays him out. Um, you actually, at first I thought, this is a fake, he's pretending. But no, he's Wayne Rooney's not an actor. He falls backwards. He narrowly misses the edge of his breakfast bar. Uh, now, there's a number of issues here, issues with, with the media. Um, this is Rooney on his own time, in his own kitchen, obviously... You know, doesn't know he's or maybe knows he's being videos. Never expects the video to come out. Um, Van Hal almost gave the impression that all oh, this is not important. Clive, it is important, right? If, if I mean, you, would you have run this video if it had been given to you? It's the interesting thing about that video, apart from the ferocity of the way that we're going at each other, and. Wayne Rooney's excuse that this is what you do when you invite friends around. I'm not quite sure what you would do on a Saturday night when your mates come around with me, but I don't end up with boxing gloves on. Is 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 actually where it stops, because you do get the you know for the, for the Sun to have run their headline of you know he appears to be out cold. The only people saying that is the Sun, and then Mrs. Bardley comes up and says, "Well, actually, no, he jumps straight up again, and you know that's what you don't see." Well, that's the kind of crux of the matter. I don't, a bit like you, I don't think Wayne Rooney is an actor. I think he does, I mean, it, the, the, the important thing about this, it could have been a lot worse. He does miss that breakfast bar by literally inches. Um, the fact that he kind of killed the story with the great goal celebration, but and we can all say it's great now because it would appear there's no adverse effect. But I kind of think, let's say he does hit that floor, suddenly... There's Louis Van Gaal is not saying it's a twisted world we're living in when Wayne's has to go for that MRI scan. Roy Hodgson isn't going, my England captain, my England captain is suddenly spark out under a breakfast bar. That isn't a jolly jape. And for a start as well, if, if assuming the sun's right and he was uh, knocked out, there were supposedly big guidelines you'd have had to follow. You know, he'd have he'd have had to have gone for checks. He would have been. And maybe they did that. We don't. We we we, well, we 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 don't know, right? But I get to say, wouldn't it be better if if he did do that? That's what you come out and say. Is he, you know, he would have been checked out, and actually, well, that it's all over. He was fine. He wasn't. Yeah. You either say nothing really happened and he was fine, he or was you fine, say, or you well, say, no, he did get a knock to the head, and then we went to the hot. You know. Because that's the bit. As I say, the interesting bit is just that the fact that. When it really gets interesting is when the video just kind of stops and he's still lying under the breakfast bar. It's interesting that, that players in their insurance deals with the clubs aren't allowed to do loads and loads of dangerous stuff. They're not allowed stuff. to go skiing, yeah. for not allowed to ski. Footballers aren't allowed to ski. Or skydive. Or skydive. Um, and they're not allowed to ride motorbikes, a lot of them. According to their insurance, they are insured, their professional insurance, whatever it is, the clubs have these clauses saying you are not allowed to do these things. I would presume that boxing is one of those things. I, or do I think, you think maybe it doesn't need to be specified? No, I, I would assume, assume that I, people will not have boxing matches. I would assume there's some sort of catch-all clause mm. um, in, in in many contracts, which 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 covers this, and you don't need to go into specifics. It seems obvious to me that if you start boxing with with somebody, 
especially somebody like Phil Bardsley, who, you know, is she's a bit unhinged, but obviously he took it very, very seriously. Didn't seem to be bothered that he was beating up the the England captain. Um, He's Scottish. Why, why should he? Exactly. Uh, maybe that's part of the plan. Uh, but it, it it just seems so. I don't know. It, it just seems like such bad judgment. Mm-hmm. And the other level of bad judgment is this. I appreciate when you're a celebrity, you've got hangers on and so on. But Wayne Rooney let, allowed somebody into his own house who he could not trust, who then takes the video and then sells it, because I'm sorry, I hate to make well, assumptions here. Actually, you don't know that, do you? I mean, it, it, you know it ended up in somebody's hands, but you don't know how far down the line of... It's still that somebody who, who, who exercised bad judgment. Like, basically, I presume Rooney and Bardsley knew they were being videoed, right? Yeah. The minute, the minute this happens, if I'm right, Rooney was presumably not cold. If I'm Phil Bardsley, I think, or, or whatever Ro- servants or family members Rooney might have had, I don't know if Colleen was there or whatever, first thing you say, okay, that video, like, let's erase this right now so as not to... We kind of live in a world where everybody does things. On, you know, it doesn't happen unless someone's got... Okay, but then somebody in his circle used bad yeah, judgment, well, you, and then, then you and th- that's it. worrying as well. That would be, my assumption would be that someone has sold it. That would be my assumption. But you don't know in this. In, it's not just in the in this era where everything's videoed. It's in this era where everything is shared on WhatsApp, and players have these big groups, and that it it. it it is it's bad judgment on a huge number of levels. Whether it, whether it was sold or not, my, I, I would well, guess it was. Whether it was sold or not, Rooney had somebody in his house who was yeah. a freaking idiot who yes. goes and shares this with other people, yeah. right? I mean, th- yes. to me, to me, that that's the obvious thing. And I think it is a, a newsworthy story because, as you said, this is the England captain. He's one of the, you know, he's he's got this in his contract. And yeah, maybe United did play it correctly. They they addressed it. They killed it. He did this celebration, and we move on. And thankfully, Rooney's not hurt. But you know, you know what happens when you get a bang to the head? Sometimes, sometimes it's bad for you. Sometimes you become a gibbering idiot. Sometimes it unlocks all sorts of academic potential. And really seems to have become Churchillian post knock to the head, giving the team talk ahead of the victory over Spurs and giving very lucid press conference afterwards. And it was quite a well choreographed celebration. I think maybe this is one of those cases where the knock to the head has turned him into a, a super intellectual. Weirdo Scientific Theories with Alison Rudd. <laughs> right, Arsenal pummel West Ham 3-0 to win their fifth on the bounce. Clive, assuming they finish third, get knocked out of the Champions League, and win the FA Cup again. Will it have been an encouraging season for Arsenal or another one where you Spurs fan mock him for the fourth-place trophy? Well, they probably won't get the... They'll probably get the third-place trophy, but isn't that what happened last season? You know, it's, it's Forward progress. Well, it depends how they finish this season. If they just, you know, they're what they seven points behind the the, the leaders, they're possibly going to win the FA Cup, and they've got knocked out of the Champions League round again. That's the same as last season. It depends how they finish this season. If they show signs that actually this is a team that is moving and can finish strongly and show some promise for next season, where they might actually mount a challenge for the title. Some folks at Everton potentially getting sucked into the relegation struggle. Ha! Fools! That 3-0 pounding of Newcastle means that everything is going to be okay for your pal and my pal, Roberto Martinez. Right, Rory? Uh, well, they're, what, six points clear? Six, seven points clear of the relegation yeah, zone now? Yeah, fine. They're, rubbish beneath them. They're not going to get relegated. Hull are going to get relegated. Uh, so, yes, in that sense, everything will be fine, but there are some difficult choices for, for Martinez to make. They need younger players. They need more players. They need better players because they've been far too easy to shut down this season. 
Sunderland find themselves 4-0 down at halftime. Fans are angry. They leave early. They throw their season tickets and plenty of abuse at Gus Poya. Allison, um, is it acceptable to go and hurl abuse and season tickets at the manager of your football club? I don't believe any fan should boo their own team or let alone throw things at the dugout. What if who is there's managing a, there's a team? contract. There's a contract. You go there to support. That's what it's called. Even don't, if it's don't turn up if you can't do it. Even if it's Julio? Even if it's Julio. Of course, the team that put four past Costel Pantillamon in one half were Aston Villa, whose revival continues under terrible Tim Sherwood. Clive, somebody on this podcast said he needs, quote, coaching lessons. I don't remember who it was. Somebody pointed out to me on, on Twitter. I don't know if anybody wants to take ownership of this. It might have been uh, uh, it might have been that nasty little Matt Hughes, who's not with us today. But Clive, you get a chance to apologize on behalf of every guest we've ever had. I'm still not going to say that Tim Sherwood is the answer to every managerial play going. I mean, you know, he had, what was it, 20-odd games at Tottenham with his 59% win record, and he's had, what, four Premier League games as manager of Aston Villa and got a 50% win record, is that right? Um, that's pretty good. It's four games. Come on, if we're taking samples, that's never going to get him in it. Can we at least get him out of a honeymoon period at the two clubs he's actually been at and actually find out whether he is a good coach or not? You'll find out soon enough at Wembley. QPR lose at Crystal Palace and their lot just keeps getting worse. Uh, Rory, looks like a slippery s- slope. And will you look into your crystal ball and tell me where they're going to be in six months' time? The, my suspicion now is that they will be in the championship. If they refuse to pay their whopping rate, fine, that they might end up much, much lower down than that. But I think that's so unlikely. And it would be such a legal wrangle. It would last for years that it's in everybody's interest to get it sorted out. For QPR probably to pay a substantial portion of that fine, I think that's probably what will happen uh, does it could be up to sort of 50 58 million quid which seems excessive um, they said they're going to fight it I think they will fight it I don't know they'll fight it successfully I think they'll be in the championship with a transfer embargo uh, and there will be 30 or 40 million pounds lighter of pocket Nigel Pearson's Leicester City get a scoreless draw at home against Hull uh, but the big man loses his cool when the Sunday Times is Paul Rowan um, asked them something about whether Leicester's season was waxing or waning and uh, Pearson goes all surly and seemed to mock him and sounded like he called him something that rhymes with trick. Uh, Alison, I bet no manager has ever called you names like that. Uh, this sounds like the prompt for an anecdote. Shall I'm I tell go, an I'll anecdote? be soliciting the anecdotes from all of you. <laughs> the worst the worst insult was, um, this goes way back to the days when Ken Bates owned Chelsea and if you did um, Chelsea in Europe, um, Bates would hold a sort of press conference, a, pre- a press briefing, and invite you along by telephone. You get a phone call saying, Ken requires your presence at this hotel. And I walked in, and I was one of the last to arrive, and uh, he'd planned this, Ken Bates. And as I walked in, he pulled out a comb, a big comb from his pocket, and said, ah, she'll be needing this. And everyone laughed, because everyone was sycophantic to Ken Bates. And that was just rude, because in those days my hair was really wild and long. Beautiful, but long and wild. What a weirdo, Ken Bates, seriously. Rory, do you have an anecdote you want to share? About being insulted by a manager? I don't know if I've ever been... I don't don't know if a manager has ever... like, actually actually (laughs) called me a rude word. I'm sure they've thought it. Um, Roy and I might have had a... Roy Roy Hodgson and I might have had a a clash or two. Let me guess, when he was at Liverpool. When he was at Liverpool. Um... Mind you, everyone had, everyone's got a Roy War story from Liverpool. Clive? No, I don't think anyone... No, I don't think anyone... I don't think, I've probably been all been quite scared, just in case they... 
stepped over the mark and realised who they're insulting. But no, I don't think so. I think they've all been perfectly wonderful people. Were it not for Alison's Ken Bates and his column story, um, this whole anecdote of being insulted by manager segment would have been extremely lame and it would have been a lot better obviously if uh, uh, if tony evans were here because of course he has many 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 stories uh, it would have been quicker to say who hasn't uh, <laughs> yeah, tony evans. my favorite what was the one with martin o'neill he had some some issue with martin o'neill and martin o'neill like sent him a message saying like i'll be at the training ground at like seven o'clock tomorrow morning you can ring me then I'm like, as if Tony's really going to wake up at seven during freaking Martin O'Neill. Uh, Dale, I've got a question for you. Yes. Um, we, as we saw last week uh, and in the previous month, uh, French football is now better than English football. Uh, and it was a big weekend in lead, in what Mark Lawrence <laughs> refers to as lead oon. Uh, so please, can you tell us what happened? Uh, what didn't happen, Rory? Uh, it was an incredible uh, weekend. Uh, um, PSG somehow contrived to lose at Bordeaux. They lost 3-2. Slatan Ibrahimovic went absolutely bananas afterwards. He walked around shirtless, shouting in English. It was interesting that he'd be shouting in English rather than perhaps his native Swedish. Um, uh, basically saying that the country was rubbish, the referees were rubbish, they're all amateurs. A bit about the country, he then he actually used another word, which trying to spit, but um, it's not really clear if he said that, but he certainly felt that way about the referees. He's now risking a ban and makes PSG seem even more unpopular, um, although some of the officiating probably does have a point. And crucially, Marseille played Lyon, uh, and again, Lucas Ocampos, on loan from Monaco, scores... But the ball crosses the line, but no GLT in France, not even people standing behind the goal, so it's not given. And I wonder if that goal could end up determining the champions of Le Championnat. Right, that's all we've got time for this week. If you haven't subscribed on iTunes and Player FM for Android, please do so now. I can see Clive has his phone out. No doubt that's what he's doing. Many thanks to my guests today, Alison Rudd, Clive Petty, and Rory K. Smith. Check out thetimes.co.uk on your digital device. Members will get exclusive football, rugby, and cricket highlights. There's a cricket World Cup right now, right? If you're not a member yet, uh, you can take our one-pound digital trial today. You can just search Times Sport Online. Uh, we'll be back. Same bat channel, same bat place, same bat time uh, next week. Bye-bye. Your subscription to The Times and The Sunday Times now comes with access to every Barclays Premier League goal. Refresh your app, choose your team, accept notification, and you're away. As you're listening to me, Daisy, Apple's iPhone disassembly robot, is dismantling an iPhone into lots of recyclable parts. That's how Apple recovers more materials than conventional recycling methods. Thanks, Daisy. There's more to iPhone. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.